This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. Hello, and welcome back into the portal. I'm Everay. And I'm Andrew McKay. We're back with a long-awaited Final Friday. Yeah. It's been a while. It has been a while. Mm-hmm. Feels good. Feels good it to be back. It does feel good. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, our bulldog's like... <gasps> I'm sick of it already. <laughs> That's God. what she's thinking right now. She's like, let's go to bed. Yeah, it's uh, it's mm-hmm. 7.30 time to go to bed, hey? It's pretty much time, right? Yeah, it's like midnight. God. Her time. Heavens. Anyways, we well, are here with a really... For me, this is kind of a weird movie to do for Into the Portal, but it fits. It fits. It just, it, for me, it's weird because it's pretty mainstream. And yeah. recent, yeah, and it's like got a lot of action, and it's just one of those ones. that's like more like a Hollywood blockbuster that Definitely. we don't really gravitate to. But it was actually surprisingly good. It was really good. Yeah, I liked it. A so lot. what are we talking about here, Andrew? I mean, we're already kind of cutting to the end where I'm like, hey, do we like the movie? Would we recommend it? It's like, yeah, we would because we're talking <laughs> about it. Um, no, today we're talking about the Meg. Yup. The Meg. Dealing the with none other than, of course, the the megalodon, mm-hmm. the king of all sharks. And then we got the king of actors, Jason <laughs> Statham. <laughs> the king of actors. I think I said Jason. Jason Statham. <laughs> Jason Statham. <laughs> he is definitely one of the uh, most badass action guys mm-hmm. out there, for sure. Definitely. I would agree with that. I the think... Transporter series, that was pretty great. Oh, yeah. Was that his claim to fame? I don't even know. I don't even think I've actually really seen anything besides, like, spoof and comedy kind of action movies with him. He's good in uh, in a lot of, like, comedy stuff, too. He, he's in a recent one with, um, what's her name? Oh, he was in Spy. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> that was I enjoyed great. that. But... I think, actually, doesn't he die in the... In, sorry, spoiler alert for Spy. I think it's been out for a while <laughs> now. But I'm pretty sure he dies by getting eaten by a shark. Mm. Or am I mistaken? Or is it something... Am I thinking of a the different end? movie? I don't know. Maybe I think he like has a, he's a fake death. He's got a fake death in the okay. movie. Remember? And she mourns him because she's like, "Oh my god, this is my favorite." Anyways, we're getting okay. off topic. We're, we're right. getting off topic already. Let's get into it here. Let's start. The we're Meg, talking yeah. about the Meg. Um, in Canada, at least, the release date was pretty recently. It was August tenth, uh, twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just over, just under a year. That's right. Or not even like eight months. Yeah. Uh, director was John Turtletoe. What a name, Turtletoe. Turtletoe. Turtle tub, turtle tub. Turtle, turtle tub. Had a huge box office reception. It garnered 530.2 million USD. Not bad. So Not I bad. guess USD, that means in US box office. Indeed. Yeah, and the budget office. was like 130 million. So I mean, that's not too shabby. That's, that's pretty impressive. I loved this movie though. And you do get throwbacks, like say like Rain Wilson, for example, being in this is great <laughs> as the billionaire, whatever. Well, let's just do a little plot overview for sure. people who haven't actually watched the film yet. <clears throat> so this film kind of follows a team of deep sea scientists. And essentially what happens is they discover an unexplored world deep beneath the Marianas Trench. And it is seemingly hidden by this thermal layer. Yeah. It looks like a cloud cover almost. It's kind of cool the way that they visualize it in the film. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, anyways, after they head um, deep down 
into this thermal layer, they're kind of in awe, right? There's this little tiny submarine expedition. They're down there, and all of a sudden, they get stuck. They get hit with something crazy. Yeah. And essentially, they need Jason Statham, who is set up in the very first scene as, like, basically the most badass uh, premier deep-sea diver slash rescuer, right, um, in the world, seemingly, right? Sort of, yeah, yeah. Because we get this yeah. really intense scene where he's essentially, he's making the call. Yeah. He made the call, and someone died, right? They left someone behind in the very first scene. A few and then, people, a few people, more than one. Well, a few people died, and yeah. then, or was it? I thought it was just the one guy. No, no, it was, oh, uh, it was a I'm few actually members thinking, of the team. I'm thinking of a different behind. scene in the movie. I'm thinking of the scene where it's this team, the research team, that right. we follow in the movie. And it's a team of three, right? They're in a <clears> submersible. <throat> it's a woman and two men. Yes. <clears throat> and essentially, sorry guys, I still have phlegm in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still getting over the stupid cough. But anyways... What we see in that sequence, essentially, is them get hit by something big and yeah. unknown, and it is vicious. And there's the one guy who basically makes the call, and he sacrifices himself for the other two, or mm -hmm. other three, right? Is there a team of four? No, it's three, three in the little expedition you're talking about, like the, the ones that get trapped initially, right? Oh, right, and then Jason Statham comes down and rescues them. And then the one guy, Toshi, or whatever, gets left behind. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I was thinking at the very beginning there. Yeah. Okay, so, sorry, guys. That was a bit of a detour. But, <laughs> essentially, Jason Statham... God, you really like saying Jason Statham. I'm sorry. That's why... Jason. Jason. Yeah. His name's <laughs> Jason. It's a very common name. Amber. Jason Statham. When you see it, though, I just confuse it. Sorry, oh guys. I'm looking at it on a piece of paper. Oh, man. I'm laughing at you. Do you, want, so do you want to continue on from no, here? No, 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 no. Keep going. You're oh, doing great. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really fun, right? So he is set up as the hero figure, mm -hmm. goes down, he, and he they essentially... This is the most unbelievable part about this for me, is the fact that when these deep-sea divers get stuck down in this thermal layer, <clears throat> they've only got 18 hours left. And so they need Jason Statham... Jason? Did I say it right? Yes, you did. <laughs> Jason. Wow. They need him to essentially come and operate this crazy rescue mission. Yes. By himself. How? How do they get him there in time? So this is Mariana's Trench that we're in. Jason Statham is washed up on a beach in Thailand. Well, you know, rich people have a way of getting people places quick, especially in the movies. Do they, do they have, like, teleportation devices really, that I'm not that's, aware of? Really, that's your beef right away with this movie, is how Ooh, did he get there thought, that quickly? And under the water, 18 <laughs> hours! That's not a lot of time. They have to convince him of this thing, too, and yeah. he's all, like, washed up. You'd have to do some training, I would imagine, right? Prepare No, yourself. he's chasing Statham. He doesn't have to chase <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's washed up on the beach in Thailand, and he's still just got, like, a 12-pack, like, just jacked. They're, like, making <laughs> know, jokes about how he's drinking beer every day, and it's yeah. just like, oh, really? Like, if I drank beer every day and looked like that, like, okay, sign me up, except for <laughs> not having any hair. But he pulls it off, he carries it well. He really does. But yeah, they go and they get Jonas Taylor, so that's that's Jason Statham's character, and he's like, he's super, super jaded, right? Like, you've already yeah. alluded to, because he had to make that call at the beginning where he... Yeah, because they were under attack. But what, by something they don't mm -hmm. know. And he comes up and he makes this statement to the, to the board of whoever he's employed by, right? And mm -hmm. he ends up taking a leave essentially but mm -hmm. everyone knows that he's still the guy so they go and they get him and the whole crux of this movie is this thermal layer and they describe it as like a hydrogen it's like a it's a, it's, a, it's a mix of hydrogen and some other gases mm -hmm. and stuff like that right basically mm -hmm. what they describe as preserving a equivalent of the surface right of the ancient like the ancient warm prehistoric. Tro tropical prehistoric surface where the megalodon and 
other alike animals would have been surviving or living or something like that, right? But the only problem with that is obviously this is entirely, um, it's a nocturnal environment. There's no sun. Right. So exactly. that's, that's a complication exactly. of the plot, too. Big time. Okay, so essentially what happens is this Jason Statham guy goes down, rescues the guys initially, but in the process, they release something. Right. Yeah. So and they break the yeah. layer. Mm-hmm. That right. was cool. I like that visual too. Yeah, it was. It was, mm-hmm. and, and as a sci-fi plot line, wasn't expecting it from this movie. Like you and I rented it, thinking like this is just going to be like a really dumbed-down version of Jaws, super gory action, mm-hmm. people getting bit by sharks, you know, yeah. like crazy, crazy shit going on. Mm-hmm. But it actually ended up being more, a little more to it, more mm-hmm. substance to it, a little more cryptozoological, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. So they end up during this rescue mission. Which, like you said, is pretty ridiculous. They they whisk them away from being half cut in Thailand to being in a sub, like talking to um, one of the other main characters, um, Su Yin, who's one mm-hmm. of the lead researchers. Her daughter is talking to to uh, to Jonas Taylor right before he's about to dive down. He's like, "Oh, I'll have him back in no time, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'll, like you know, no big deal or whatever." And he's just already like sobered up and like ready to do it. Yeah. But he wasn't really. I guess they kind of, they try to make it like there was that moment where he's like not gonna go and they're like trying to get him on the radio and they're like oh 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 he's mm-hmm. not gonna do it oh he's oh he's a broken man oh he can't do it can't do it but he's just like it. yeah obviously he's gonna go like he goes and kicks butt and it's interesting too because in that rescue mission sequence we get the two right there's two submersibles jason statham's in one and suyin the lead researcher young girl young youngish asian woman is in the other no 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 that's not at the beginning that's not till later on Oh, is it? Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm misremembering. Yeah. It's been a few weeks since we actually watched the movie. Yeah, we were going to re-rent it. We didn't have time, and now we've oh, did this whole move. We keep talking Right, about okay. Movie. So I'm kind of jumping ahead then. So successful, successful-ish rescue operation. Other than creating the... But that's just it, though. That's not when it happens. When they go back down... The second time, right? Because him and Su Yin go down in their submersibles and they go to explore. Right. Right. And then essentially her craft gets attacked by a giant squid, which is huge. It's massive. So maybe this is another example of these prehistoric megafauna-like things that could be existing down there. And kind of sets the precedent that there is large predatory animals. Yeah. And so you get that instance. And then it almost crushes her to death. And then essentially what happens is... She blasts up, which to me seems weird. Like, they've got these, like, devices that essentially just, like, it's almost like a balloon inflating, and they just go, and you'd think that they would need to decompress at a slower rate of, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like they're traveling up. that's, like, crazy sci-fi technology, And that's what creates this thermal layer rupture. Right. And so when that happens, (laughs) you get the release of unknown things, and essentially the megalodon, sorry, comes out. It's a super highway for giant things <laughs> existing <laughs> beneath the what they thought was the deepest part of the Marianas Trench, which mm. is which is total sci-fi, mm-hmm. um, at least as far as we know, right? I mean, we researchers think they know where the bottom of the Marianas Trench is. I've I've seen things where they've like actually. I'm not sure if they've actually grounded submersibles at the bottom of it, but they've said that they've literally been to the bottom of mm-hmm. it. Whatever. And, like, David Cameron was one of those people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. one, one yep. of the very few things, only, like, maybe, like, 10 or 12 people or something that have been to that depth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give some <clears throat> background on, well, background, some info on the Marianas Trench, more than 1,500 miles long, so roughly, like, the distance between New York and Dallas, Jeez. Texas. The deepest part of it is called the Challenger Deep. 
<laughs> which is also the deepest known point on Earth mm-hmm. um, right now. <laughs> yeah. So the bottom of the trench is situated near Guam, and this is a depth of around 10,911 meters. Mm-hmm. So ridiculously deep, obviously. Pretty crazy. I put this in here, too. Like, if Everest was situated there, its peak would rest about a mile below the surface of the ocean. Mount Everest. Yeah, so pretty friggin' deep, man. And, like, we've talked about deep things before with, like, Lake Baikal and things like that, but obviously this is pretty pretty crazy. So we've people have been speculating what could be down there for a long, long time. I thought this was really interesting, too. I actually pulled up this quote. It was from Tim Flannery. He wrote this book called The Wonders Await Us. Where Wonders Await Us, sorry, from 2007. And he kind of commented on life in the depths of the ocean. I just thought this was really revealing just for the context of what we're talking about. Definitely. He says here, um, from the time of Pliny, like Pliny the Elder, Mm -hmm. Pliny, 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 Pliny the Elder, Pliny. Pliny, until the late 19th century, humans believed that there was no life in the deep. It took a historic expedition in the ship Challenger. So we get reference, hey, again, to the Challenger, like you said. Okay. Um, the deepest part is called Challenger Deep. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. And essentially, um, it took this historic expedition in the ship Challenger um, between to prove Pliny wrong. Sorry. Its deep sea dredges and trawls brought up living things from all depths that could be reached. Yet even in the 20th century, scientists continued to imagine that life at great depth was insubstantial or somehow inconsequential. (laughs) The eternal dark, the almost inconceivable pressure, and the extreme cold that exists 1,000 meters were, they thought, so forbidding as to have extinguished, uh, as to have all but extinguished life. The reverse is in fact true. Below 200 meters lies the largest habitat on Earth. End quote. So that's kind of cool. Very cool. And obviously, like, the deepest zone is actually called the Hadal Zone, or the Hadopelagic Zone. And it's actually named after the realm of Hades, the underworld (laughs) in Greek mythology. (laughs) So very true. So this is basically what Mariana's Trench is, what it represents in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And so essentially, this is the deepest region, like I referenced, um, and it lies within oceanic trenches, such as the Mariana Trench. Um, And the Hadal Zone is found at a depth from 6,000 to 11,000 meters. So that's about 20,000 to 36,000 feet. And um, this goes to the bottom of the ocean. So this is the the, the, the region of the sea we're talking right. about when we're talking about the Megalodon and where it essentially came from. So I thought that was kind of cool just very, to kind of... Isn't that interesting, though? Like, Pliny the Elder, he's like, there's nothing in the sea. Even though, like, all life came from the sea, essentially. The, the yeah. reverse is so true. It's kind of even weird to think that way back in the day that they'd even be... Like, to speculate at how deep the sea even went, and mm-hmm. then to think, like, wow, that's how deep it is, and there can't be life down there. It's kind of, it's sort of a weird, like, I don't even a contradiction in a weird way, right? Like, you're already thinking that far, like, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're being that critical, having that critical thought of being, like, there's got to be extreme depths to this, right? Yeah, you know and you I mean? would imagine, too, that they would witness sea creatures and life coming out of it like. and things washing up on beaches and stuff right oh, yeah. like because that's been happening for hundreds and thousands hundreds and thousands of years like i mean mm-hmm. yeah like squids and giant squiddy sea creatures of all kinds but you know what's interesting too like the the types of animals that live down here are mostly invertebrates a lot of like sea cucumber like creatures <laughs> there are some fish too but it's very much 
smaller animals, and a lot of yeah. them rely on things that a predator obviously wouldn't wouldn't be able to live off of things like uh, marine snow, mm. which is essentially just dead organic matter that is constantly floating down to this right. fatal zone. And they're just recyclers at yeah. the bottom, right? Yeah, and they're just, yeah, and they also have other sorts of things. We'll get into that, though. Let's yeah. get into the beast itself. Sure, mm -hmm. so the, the, yeah, the monster in this movie, right, the, the star, the megalodon, the actual creature itself was first described. This is just, I, I pulled this up just from um, a few different online encyclopedias. Mm. Um, first described in 1835 by a Swiss born American naturalist and a geologist by the name of Luis uh, Agassiz. Mm. And he, he named it the. Okay, I'm going to try my best <laughs> with pronunciation here. I didn't actually practice beforehand. <laughs> um, Classica. I know, right? Uh, uh, Carcacolis megalodon? Ooh, well, yeah. I, I don't know. Close enough, right? Member of an extinct species, of course, like we know, unless you believe it to still exist, of mm -hmm. mega-tooth sharks. So, considered to be the largest shark, shark and or fish. <laughs> the, to largest? Have, the largest? The largest. <laughs> largest shark. <laughs> <laughs> as well as largest fish to have ever lived. And this is based on the fossil record, right? Mm -hmm. So, fossils attributed to the megalodon have been found dating from the early Miocene, so it began around 23 million years ago to the end of the Pliocene, so around 2.6 million years ago. There's some debate that it's a little older, like 3.6 million around it, and it, it died off a little before the end of the Pliocene. Mm. But of course, the whole point of this movie is that it didn't die off and found a way to survive, which is kind of the whole basis of cryptozoology a mm -hmm. lot of the time, right? Yeah. Um, throughout the uh, Miocene period, the Megalodon and its sort of subspecies, their distribution expanded from pockets located in the Caribbean to the Mediterranean Sea, the Bay of Bengal, all the way uh, over to North America, the coast of California, southern mm -hmm. Australia, out over on that continent, and it's basically basically everywhere. Northern Europe, <laughs> um, South America, East Southern Asia. Africa, New Zealand, Illinois. Yeah. So when, when the... When, yeah, when the situation was right, they definitely had a widespread territory, and they were obviously the premier predator. Like, nothing was really going to mess with them. <laughs> so, yeah. What's really Huge. interesting, though, I wanted to mention this. When they did eventually go extinct, again, if you think... I mean, I'm going to ask you that question at the end, if you mm -hmm. think something like this could still exist. But there's actually belief now that it's not... That it wasn't an ancestor of the Great White, in, directly anyway. And that the actual rise of the great white and the tiger shark and these smaller species of super aggressive predatory sharks that came up around 4 million years ago mm -hmm. were actually the reason for the downfall of these more massive creatures. Well, they're taking up the food. Right? Yeah. And, and to me, I picture that being like, not that they'd be working in packs, but they definitely would be eating in packs. Yeah. So I picture like, above, like land animals where, you know, like... A, a much smaller lions taking down an elephant mm -hmm. or something, right? Oh, something totally. along those lines. Yeah. I 100% I, I agree with that. Um, you didn't actually give a size here. Right. So the movie Megalodon suggests that it could be up to 90 feet long. Oh. Um, the, and then the actual shark in the film that they were dealing with was, dealing with was mm -hmm. 75 feet long. Um, the estimated Megalodon size in general, though, based on tooth and fossil remains, are that it would be between 50 and 60 feet. And I do have a weight down below somewhere, but we can get to that in a second. But I think it was around 130,000 pounds for the females. Okay. 
Females I don't know how many biggest? tons that would be. Yeah, they'd be bigger than the males. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll have to triple check that, but it's down here somewhere. We'll get to that in a sec. Huh. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, What's the twist here of all this? Uh, the twist. <laughs> well, in the plot, we get... Oh, it's so awesome, right? <laughs> so you get them essentially confronting this beast. They realize that this thermal rupture has occurred and that there is a giant predator in the waters <laughs> yeah. and so they obviously pursue it jason statham pulls some miraculous moves he ends up what was it he he ended up tracking it he got like something on the fin right yeah and then they ended up using that and what was its downfall in the end andrew do you remember they like had a combination of stuff there was for the shark itself i think it was poison in the end that got it right and oh, and, and a bunch of Different things. But anyways, <laughs> a bunch of different things. <laughs> oh, no, oh, did we ever watch this movie? <laughs> no, I don't even know. But the, but, what, what, okay, so the main twist, though, yeah, yeah. is the fact that they kill this thing, and they're all celebrating, they're all partying, whatever, it's all good, right? Even though they made the comment that this thermal rupture occurred, like, over a series, it was, like, ten minutes before it actually went down again. So... More than one thing could have gotten out of there. Mm -hmm. And it's so great. You get the one guy, he like falls off the boat, right? The big chubby jolly guy that's just like a big jokester. And he's great. He's one of my favorite characters. And he's in the water and he's just like, oh yeah, man, it's all good, blah, blah. And he's just chilling in there. And you're like, dude, like there was a bunch of sharks in there, like just recently. And there's like... A recently deceased animal in the vicinity. There's blood. There's like you chum think. everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So, and then you just get him there, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's just this huge shark comes out and just chomps him. Just like the whole boat goes over, everything goes over, and that to me was the biggest twist of this movie. Is yeah, the fact that there's two of these things. Right, a mate, I, so to speak. You you knew something was obviously gonna happen. This is a long movie though. At the same time. Yeah. Like, I was actually surprised, and it, it held me the entire movie, because sometimes, I don't know, I, my attention span isn't very good, so <laughs> I can kind of wander. But this one held me. And, yeah, so that was that was very interesting, the idea that there's two, not one, but two of these huge things. So how many are there exactly, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Like, two obviously got out, because is there going to be the Meg 2? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> oh, I think they're, in, I, I'm pretty sure it's in the works. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So probably more than one came out. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're thinking. <clears throat> So, essentially, yeah, so these things. I kind of wanted to get into the specifics of this environment, and I wanted to ask some questions, right? Because it is a little bit of shaky grounds to have a creature such as the Megalodon surviving at these depths. Of course. For such a long time. Here, millions of years Which undetected. Is, yeah, yeah. And um, would this thing really be able to surface as readily as this meg appears to do? Or two <laughs> megs? With, with, not to mention, like I know they hunt by smell primarily, yeah. um, but this thing appeared to have eyes that work too. You would imagine it would have evolved to be entirely blind. Blind. Maybe not as, even have any eyes at all. Exactly. Not have any color, pigmentation in the skin. Yep. So all these are questionable. Translucent, possibly. Even. Exactly. Other considerations are obviously like pressure. Like these organisms that live in these environments are designed to withstand, with, with, withhold, sorry, an extreme amount of pressure. Yeah, definitely. So having that huge pressure change can definitely do crazy things. <clears throat> 
temperature changes. Like they they were saying that it was mimicking the environment and rough temperatures of the surface. So maybe yeah. that's not much of a consideration. Mm-hmm. But again, right? What about chemical composition, oxygen levels, salinity of the water, all that kind of stuff? Like those are questions, right? Yeah, they'd have to be evolutionary adaptations, right? Mm-hmm. Over what would end up being millions of years, like 2.6, a minimum of 2.6 million years mm-hmm. for the megalodon, um, which is like the polar opposite of what its natural habitat was when it was thriving, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. When it was thriving, it was very much like the great white. It's like not, not necessarily like super shallow water, like a bull shark is, but more shallow water, hunter, scavenger, not a, not living at depths at all. No. Not so even traveling at depths. Exactly. So how would that have change occur? It yes. would have to be gradual, you would imagine. So I don't know how extinct or how rapid, sorry, the extinction of these creatures is theorized to be, but mm-hmm. that's like kind of from. I'm going to cherry pick one though that I already mentioned and let's just go with pressure. And like, you know, like as obviously as you get deeper and deeper in the ocean, there exists more and more pressure that you have to contend with. Yep. And the bends is a real thing. You have to decompress as you you know, surface yeah. and even whales, <clears throat> whales and other large marine animals are not immune to these effects for sure. And it definitely hasn't been as studied as much as it has been in human tissues, but there are people researching it, including these guys from the uh, university of Northern Carolina. And they've been studying how specifically the fat deposits in the jaws of toothed whales, um, same materials that are used for echolocation, how they absorb nitrogen gas and how that contributes to the bends and how they would feel these effects. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they, they did find that the makeup of the fat affected um, how the nitrogen gas was dissolved in it and that different species had different fat compositions, but they did exhibit um, nitrogen bubbles in them. Right. So they were experiencing this. So you have to, because, you know, you do see like those um, planet Earth where all of a sudden the whales just die. And they just go deep, 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 deep. And you're like wondering, like, how the hell do they do that? But, you know, they know what they're doing, apparently. Yeah. And it's the coming back up, too. Like, going down is dealing with the pressure. Coming back up is dealing with the chemical, like, the oxygen content Mm -hmm. in your blood. Yeah. The conversion. Um, And so, at at this pressure at the bottom of the Mariana's Mariana's Trench, where Mm -hmm. they are supposed to be at in this film, it's around 15,000 PSI, pounds per square inch. So it takes around 2,000 PSI to crush a car in a car compactor. That's hmm. what's going on there. So obviously that's a massive amount of pressure. On that's the flip side, devil's advocate <laughs> though, right? So I've put devil's advocates for all of these things, right? Because yeah. these are the arguments against it. It's too deep, 15,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. But <clears throat> you've already mentioned, we know there's creatures that have evolved to live down there, yep. including, including giant squid. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite that deep, but we don't know what... We don't know. We don't know everything that lives that. No, deep. we don't. So, and they're massive. So the idea then the the next thing here is that there's not enough food for such a massive creature to mm-hmm. live down there. But again, the kraken, giant squid, <laughs> massive creatures living at ridiculously, ridiculously deep depths, <laughs> right? <laughs> Low depths, and their body composition is a lot different, though. You know what I mean? Like they're squid their mm-hmm. their organs are in different places they're they're hmm. they're, they're 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 different like fundamentally even different. just their basic cellular biology and how oh i don't even remember what this is called but like you know like when it's basically like 
how your cells can flex and um, essentially like it's like the permeability of them and how right. they can like you know like absorb or um, shed water yes. at will or like you know like just the, the basic cellulose tissues and materials mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. You would imagine these are all highly specialized for this environment. I did see other examples of even actually yeah I was related to that like the um, permeability of the cells and how they can react to different forms of pressure. There was right. this one species. It was a fish. It was one of the ones. That was just it. Like, I wish I had written more notes down. I was just briefly looking through a few different reference sources as far as, like, what can actually live at these. A lot of them, like I said, are invertebrates, things like that, and quite small. Right. Shrimps, though. Shrimps are down there. So there can be a giant (laughs) shrimp. Can you imagine running into a shrimp the size of the Megalodon? 90-foot long shrimp? That'd be a buffet and a half worth of shrimp right there. (laughs) But, okay, the other argument that I came across, though, that... I guess for the Megalodon, sure, I'll lean this way, but this is very much the Joe Nickel type of argument. We always just are throwing Nickel, nickel Boy under the bus, um, but he has it coming. So, but uh, the argument that we would know it's down there because we have the technology yeah. um, was literally word for word what I read in a Nat Geo piece. And hmm. I just wrote in brackets here, like this ridiculous humanist thinking, like we were literally riding in horse-drawn buggies 150 years ago, people. Mm-hmm. Okay, think about that for a second. Think about the massive timeline of human history, and we were having horses pull us around everywhere we went. That's how we got places. Exactly. Okay? It wasn't that long ago. So Even the whole like, reference I made with Pliny the Elder all the way up to, like, yeah, the 20th century, we yeah. didn't really believe that the ocean held complex life and ecosystems. Right. So here we are now, only a few hundred years later, right, thinking we know everything in the universe already. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. Right? Really dumb. Yet researchers find new species every single year, and we know actually know less about the surface of the ocean floor in its totality than we actually know about the surface of planets in our solar mm. system. Yeah, they always make the joke about how we know more about the moon than we know about the And and, and at this point now, in 2019, it's literally like <clears> we know more about the, the surface of planets in our solar system, excluding maybe Pluto, which I don't even think is... A, it's a planet again now, right? It got brought back into the fray. Maybe. I think. Anyway, I can't remember. <laughs> I did want to add this in though because this is kind of like what I was thinking for this world of the megalodon and wherever they're finding in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Hydrothermal vents. We've okay. seen these. Anybody who's watched anything on National Geographic or, or Discovery Channel or whatever, mm-hmm. you know the the tubular little vents that are coming off in volcanic areas and areas that are oh just subduction active, zones, right? So, and, exactly. Yeah. So fissure in the seafloor, geothermally heated water, right? And it's also giving off minerals, so it's definitely, it's, they're rich environments for life. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the main source. Like, that's where they actually found those shrimps. Um, in the 1970s, right. they discovered this really fo- rare form of shrimp that was living on these hydrothermal vents. Right. And before then, they didn't realize that life could exist at this, uh, this depth. Which is so cool, right? Yeah. And I pulled this from a live science article. Um, this was in 2010. Scientists discovered at 19,230 feet, mm-hmm. uh, so 5,860 meters, um, where there was uh, these thermal vents, sort of in the area of the Marianas Trench, they found what were called, um, what are they called here? Bone white clams. Mm. So they're basically like... Fields of them. Fields of them. Like just thriving Hmm. at this just ridiculously low depth. Again, that they didn't think possible. So similar to the discovery in the 1970s, right? Oh, that's cool. I like that. So we're kind of... 
we're, we haven't really talked about the movie too much because we've been so enthralled with this idea. The science of, behind it and the yeah. whole possibility, the hypothetical. Yeah. So. That's the that's what's really fascinating, mm-hmm. right? And I pulled up this um, this kind of interesting piece of history from 1875 having to do with the megalodon because this is when some of the first teeth were being analyzed. Ooh. So there was a British ship, the HMS Challenger, um, that actually, I guess, I don't know what it was, um, how this happened, but it ended up basically pulling up in some of its nets, I suppose. Must have been dragging them. Yeah, must have been. Um, Megalodon teeth from the seabed. So these were brought back, and eventually, later, much, much later on, in 1959, they were analyzed by a guy named W. um, Surchensky. <laughs> nice. Must be a Polish guy or something. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I don't even know. That's tough to pronounce. Um, of London's Queen Mary College, and he attempted to date these teeth by studying the buildup of the manganese dioxide layer in each tooth. And that's <laughs> according to this article. So a, a, back in 1959, according to his analysis, he dated these teeth at around 24,000 years old. Ooh. Possibly even the other one being 11,000. Now, I'm not even... I'm just going to lean and just go... Let's just say 24,000. Mm-hmm. Because even right now, is... we're we're thinking that these things went extinct 2.6 to 3.6 million years right, ago. Right, yeah. And here's a tooth that's possibly being dated to 24,000 years. That's well within... I mean, that's like 45,000 years into the, Sen- uh, the people of North Sentinel Island just chilling on their beach and doing their thing. Yeah. And having to deal with these guys, potentially, in the Bay of Bengal, because <laughs> that's right where they are. Exactly, yeah. Um, that's crazy. That is pretty crazy. So I, I love I, that. I, I, don't, I didn't look into that much, much further. I'm sure that's completely disowned by the Smithsonian and every other possible hmm. everyone, probably. London's like Queen Mary is. College, though. But I thought it was really interesting because but there's the thing always is, something. There's always a nugget. The thing is, though, like you have to wonder, because you're dissecting... The manganese dioxide layer. So how quickly would that layer have been deposited over time? Or could the teeth have shifted to an area where the deposition could have occurred much later, right? Right. I'm so. sure there's a lot of contextual issues oh, with yeah, that find. Definitely. It's lots but, of stuff to but, think about, hey, but that's at cool. least he's not like, although, at least he's not like Ron Wyatt, the guy, the art Raider Ron guy. Mm-hmm. At least these people found a tooth. There oh, was, yeah. There was a tooth. Yeah. Evidence is there. At, right. But um, the other thing, too, I wanted to mention that we never did at the beginning was, like, the way the movie started was really my favorite scene, because you've got your favorite scene here. I, I guess I'll just say it. My, my <laughs> favorite scene, I thought it was cool how before they even know that the Meg is out, mm-hmm. like, they think the mission's, oh, no, Toshi's dead, but, like, mission's mission accomplished, right? Yeah. Um, and, of course, nobody thinks that there's a giant shark down there. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, Statham lost his mind, except the, the chick that's trapped down below is sending these messages saying... He was right, saying Jonas was right. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, okay, scratching their head. But the best part is, like, when they find out by literally just seeing on the radar, like, oh, Japanese shipping or whatever vessel, like, bloop, oh, that's gone. Oh, that's a big cargo ship. Oh, that's gone. Oh, that's gone. And then they and then they mm-hmm. drive up on that one, and it's just nothing but debris of, like, a massive boat. Yeah. And that's how they realize. They're like, yeah, probably not a great white. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably. What an ominous feeling that would be. Yeah. Like, literally, it's not a boat that's just tipped over with a hole in it. Like, that's kind of mm. like what you think when I'm thinking back to Jaws and stuff like that. Oh, exactly. No, it's just... And the bi- par- the boat they're on at that point is, like, quite small. And yeah. it's not a boat I would want to be on personally. You wouldn't even be comfortable on a cruise ship of the size of this 
mm. shark. Yeah, it's it's no, I, I definitely wouldn't. I wouldn't feel comfortable no. anywhere in a thousand feet within water. You have struggled. You struggle in a pool sometimes. I did. I do. <laughs> I, I, I did today. You jumped off a diving board today, though. Okay. Yay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. what was so your favorite scene? My favorite scene was. Well, I already mentioned Dwight Schrute from The Office is in this, uh, Rain Wilson, and yeah. so he was one of my favorite characters. He did a really good job playing the billionaire rich asshole that's kind of sympathetic, but then, you know, ultimately is going to do anything to self-preserve himself. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. anyways, that was really funny, right? Because he kind of spins a big lie once he realizes the situation has got way out of control. Yeah. And tells everyone that he is alerted um, China and India and anywhere else in the vicinity of this um, this area. Yeah. About this monster danger. and danger and what they've done. And he actually is a bit of a dick about it and doesn't do any of that and is planning on blowing them up essentially, right? Or what happens again? He like he, he was just he trying just to like buy time because he wanted to try to capture it essentially or tag it. He was trying to tag the second one. Oh, and is that it? He had he he didn't even really know what he was doing. I don't think. I thought he was trying to like just totally disown them and blow everyone up so that there's no no um, he wasn't just no loose trail no no, no 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 okay well that was no kind of my... loose trail it's no not loose like trail everyone, everyone knew dies they were there I thought, he, I thought he was gonna blow up the station that they were on well that would that's a dark turn it kind of is but anyways I thought he was just being whatever and. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's <laughs> this scene occurs where he they've killed this massive whale right by they, accident yeah and they thought it, it's the shark outsmarting them yeah. and and so they're in the water and it's dark and they're in this little speedboat and then he just says like done it let's get out of here like they're like ready to roll and then he just falls out of the back of the speedboat. And neither of his two henchmen, like, Nobody realize realizes. this happened. And then he ends up on the back of the dead whale. Yeah. And then just gets chopped. <laughs> it's so good. Pretty satisfying. It was pretty good. I I loved that one. Even though I did like his character, I was like, oh, sad to see you go. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's fun. It's all fun. Yeah, definitely. It's a good way to get killed in a movie. Going down with a shark. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. The only thing is, though, is like I, I made a comment to you when we were watching. It's like the shark's so massive. It's literally like a Pinocchio situation, like mm -hmm. except that was a whale. But, you know, you're not really getting shredded to pieces. Mm. I feel like that would almost be better. Yeah. Like I would almost just be rather be bit in half by a great white. Because mm -hmm. if you're just swallowed whole, then you're just like, that's that's a weird way to suffocate and drown. Well, even if you're bit in half, though, you'd still be alive for a while. Like You'd be in shock, but... I don't think you, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough call. Bit in half or we got a <laughs> shark behind us sleeping on the bed here. It's ridiculous. Dreaming about the Megalodon back there. Lisa, you oh, we really need to get the podcast studio set up, people. Later. Um, hit us up on Patreon to help that happen. <laughs> IntoThePortal.com. <laughs> or sorry, well, yeah, IntoThePortal.com and click yeah. on our Patreon. Or you link. can go to Patreon.com forward slash IntoThePortal. That's right. And we're there. I guess that means we're wrapping up on huh? I think so. Yeah. Well, obviously, we'd recommend this. I'd recommend it. Super it's a, fun. It's a fun trip. It's, it's a good ride. Um, it was on for a dollar on our shawl so we're yeah. like screw it let's watch it and we we're actually pretty impressed yeah I so fun. you know if you want to have fun with it it, it actually did defy my expectations yeah did it defi yeah me you too say the same? and i hope they make a sequel mm -hmm. i really do yeah. i really i really hope they make a sequel It'll i don't know fun. what the plot will be like i guess it would just be that the meg's hiding out there was a third one and it's been hiding or lurking. oh you know it's it can't lay eggs. I was gonna say it's like Godzilla. <laughs> it lays the eggs, and then there's the next batch. Or maybe there's another thermal layer somehow. 
Yeah. Who knows? Oh. Well, we'll have to. Uh, we'll wait for that one, and then we'll jump back. Maybe in it'll be like the Meg on Mars. The Meg on Mars. It'll be like Mars mission. Are we just then... going to start doing the Sharknado series here on uh, <laughs> Into the Portal? Well, guys, get at us. If you want to see the Sharknado series, let's do it. We actually do have quite a few um, listener recommendations. This one was just a fun one we just threw together because we had the time. But yeah. we're, we have got a bunch planned, and, and we want to hear more. We want to compile more, yes. more, more, more. Yeah, more. thank you guys uh, who have been <coughs> sending them in. And we've had some recent ones uh, on Facebook and uh, Twitter. <laughs> and stuff so yeah and like Amber said keep keep yeah keep them coming and if you don't feel comfortable like if you're not like commenting on forums and stuff you don't have Facebook you can't join us mm-hmm. on there whatever send us an email um, into the portal mailbox at gmail.com we love mm-hmm. getting emails from you guys yeah it's really cool and as always thank you so much to our producer Charlene Ramler that's right and this episode is actually coming out on Andrew's birthday yeah so happy birthday oh thanks man <laughs> appreciate it all right. hey and uh, I guess if I can ask for a birthday gift from all you guys uh, drop us a review and just send us an email send us an yeah. email and say hey yeah. If you listen to the show, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so thank you for listening to this uh, long-awaited film Friday. And uh, we hope you enjoy the Meg if you hadn't seen it. And until this Sunday, we've got a new episode for yeah. Strange Sasquatch Encounter. Encounter. So stay tuned. Yeah.